Hey guys, thanks for that promo from uh, Anchor. Uh, today's podcast is brought to you by the guys at SolderWeld. Check them out at www.solderweld.com. They're the makers of hot block and round rod and 15% silver solder, round rod, multi-sol and alloy sol. I mean, they got so much stuff out there to help you HVAC and refrigeration techs get it done. And so you want to check them out. And of course, hot block. I love hot block. And if you use, uh, you know, you can see everywhere you, uh, where I'm using the hashtag block the burn. I love hot blocks. So again, today's uh, podcast, and as almost all podcasts, are brought to you by SolderWeld. So check them out at www.solderweld.com. So today is a super awesome, fantastic podcast with Ben Poole. He is the owner of the HVAC Tactical brand. Um, he's also a skilled HVAC technician. He's an owner of a company. He is a trainer. He travels the country and helps people improve their business, improve the, their, their way of doing business, um, shows them how to be more profitable. And then he comes back to Texas and he's got his own business going on. And then he's doing HVAC tactical through social media, which is, a whole nother entity, which is crazy. I mean, this guy is everywhere, everywhere with HVAC Tactical. So welcome, Ben. Thanks for having me, Mike. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, how about that? I mean, that's like, I'm going to have to go with you to trade shows and do like your your lead-in. Ben, 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 Ben. You know, because uh, <laughs> that was awesome. It's quite, that's quite the, the intro, man. I hope I live up to the hype. Oh, you sure. live up to the hype. So a lot of people don't know who you are, and, and that's okay. Um, they, they might know about HVAC Tactical. So tell us about you. Uh, well, I was born and raised in the trade. I'm third generation. I've uh, been just pretty much doing this my entire life. Um, I, at one point in my time, decided to get out of the trade, uh, and I just found that I would never get back into it. I was just done. I was burnt out. And then one day I decided to get married, and I thought, well, I should probably go get a real job again. And so I ventured back into the trade, and uh, that lasted for another couple of years. And then I got kind of upset with uh, some things that were going on at my, my current employer at the time. And I just decided, you know what, I'm going to just go off and do this on my own. And so I started my own business, and you know, we kind of ran that for, for about five years made a lot of mistakes, learned a whole lot. Uh, we started a, another location out in uh, Austin, Texas. And uh, with my dad, my dad lived in Austin, Texas at the time. And so um, about six months after that, we ended up selling our, our Arizona location. And I ended up moving to um, moving to Texas full time. And this is where I'm at. Uh, so I've, I've been in business a long time. Um, I've made a lot of mistakes, uh, made a lot of progress learned a lot um but you know all said and done for me it wasn't until i was in my early 20s when i realized that uh, i should probably kind of take this business seriously and, and go back and learn whatever i can as much as i can if, if i'm going to be doing this as a career for the rest of my life and so from there uh, as i started to educate myself i kind of quickly realized that a lot of the stuff i had learned as a young kid but pretty much wrong. It was just a rule of thumb that was from back in the day that we just don't use anymore. Um, so 
it was an eye opener for me. And uh, the more that I travel around and meet other people in the trade, I quickly realized that a lot of those people are stuck in that old school way of thinking. And uh, they're still doing stuff the wrong way. That's just because that's the way that they were taught and nobody ever taught them any different. So, yes, that's a little bit about me, man. Just a bit around. But when you, when you realize that that people were doing, were stuck in their old ways and that you as a tech were um, doing things with the old ways, how did you go about saying, I'm not going to do it the old ways anymore? How did you go about saying, you know, you know, did you look at yourself in the mirror and put cold water on your face and say, you know, Ben, we're going to do it different? Um, was it something like that or did you realize, like, I have to totally reinvent myself? Uh, I mean, it really boils down to that, you know, my personality is if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it 110%. Uh, there's kind of no half-assing with me. It's either you're in or you're out. Um, and that's just kind of where I was. I said, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to I'm going to do it, and I want to do it right. And, um, you know, I just, I want to be great at whatever I do. Uh, it doesn't matter if I'm farting around on tinkering around and building something or you know, I, just, I want it to be done right. I want it to be done great. I want to be able to take a step back and look at it and say, man, I did a great job on that. You know, it's just kind of a, kind of looking at it and just, you know, it's, it's kind of a pride thing. And uh, so when I started to relearn all this stuff, as I quickly realized all this stuff that I was learning was just an old school rule of thumb, I thought, man, if I'm doing this wrong, there's got to be a lot of other people that are doing this wrong. And and it was just a mindset thing, right? You just kind of say, hey, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. And you just start moving in the right direction. And, and the more you start moving in that right direction, the more you start to realize that you've been doing a lot of other stuff wrong, too. And you just, you know, life is just a, it's, it's just a game of, uh, of learning. You know what I mean? you got to keep learning if you want to keep advancing. But you, you know, I want to go back a little bit. When you realized that you needed to do things different, did you look for training locally? Like, did you look for classes locally? Or did you mentally tell yourself, I'm not doing it that way anymore? Because you eventually became a trainer, so you had to have had some classes and some training in order to be, like, you know, like a train the trainer. How did that go about? So, you know, a lot of reading, a lot of books, uh, just a lot of... Uh, internet stuff, you know, kind of toying around on the internet, and, and really it's just a lot of networking with a lot of different guys, and, and really finding guys that are that are doing it things the right way, or doing it the right way, and you just start to ask them a ton of questions, you know, everything I've ever done in my life was out of uh, necessity, you know, somebody failed me at some point, or let me down at some point, and I just said, well, I'm just going to go do it myself, and that's how I ended up starting my own business in this trade. Um but really finding people that can mentor you and people that you look up to and, you know, ultimately people that are smarter than you in this business or in this trade uh, that you can just continue to learn from and ask questions and that aren't afraid or too greedy to share that knowledge. I mean, I've met guys who they don't want to tell you anything. They're like, I've honed my skills for 30 years. I'm not going to give you this information for free. You know, and I'm just like, really? So for me, it's like, I'm all about giving back. Um, even local businesses, you know, because I, I train here locally, um, they ask me about my, my local business, and I'm like, yeah, I don't have nothing to hide. I mean, I'll share that information with you. But, so yeah, so meeting people, getting mentored by people, 
uh, going to these different training classes, and uh, and ultimately I ended up going through some sales training that was a real eye opener for me. Um, you know, as a kind of a young technician, you know, we're good old boys as technicians. We don't want to deal with money. You know, it's like I would rather you just pay the office. Don't even give me any of your money. Um, I just didn't want to deal with that. And so uh, I had to kind of get over that mindset because reality is, is nothing happens in business until something gets sold. So you got to get, you got to kind of get away from that being afraid of, of the selling aspect or being afraid of the money aspect. And, um, you know, you should be able to be paid whatever you're worth. And, and that was something I had to learn along, along that, uh, along that journey as well. So as I took these training classes, uh, I basically just learned what I needed to learn and, and kind of changed my way of thinking. And, and then doors of opportunity just started opening. And um, as I kind of honed in my skills and kind of mastered that sales aspect, I had a buddy of mine who was doing some sales training and came to me and said, hey, we're actually looking for another sales trainer, something you might be interested in. I was like, yeah, man, let's, let's, let's talk about it, you know. And so kind of one thing led to another. And now I train for one of the largest AC manufacturers. Uh, in, in North America and I travel North America and Canada and do training for them. Um, and last year I started doing training for, uh, TDLR, which is the Texas Department of Licensing. Um, I do state training for them for continuing education on all the license holders here in the state. So it's pretty interesting stuff. When you became a trainer for the equipment manufacturer, and you began to travel across the country without naming names of companies or people. What did you see? I saw myself 10 years ago, 15 years ago, <clears throat> seeing that they're still stuck in those ruts where they've been taught by, you know, they've been taught by the generation before them and, and even if they weren't taught, they learn stuff in school, but then all those practices and stuff just get thrown out the window because they step into they step into a company where the company has a ton of bad habits and a ton of old school guys that are like, oh, we don't do it like that. Well, that's what I learned in school. Well, we don't do it like that. This is the real world, you know, and it's like you shortcut the process and then you shortcut yourself and in in turn, you're shortcutting your, your company and your paycheck, you know, um, if you do the job right and, and you don't have the callbacks, you have super happy customers, ultimately you can charge more for the job and provide, you're providing better quality. You know, people should, should pay for what they're getting. I mean, that's ultimately what it really boils down to. Were you seeing companies that were operating almost at a break even, like companies that were just barely staying afloat? Um, did you did you see companies that were floundering? Did you see companies were there companies out there that were running so profitable and doing such amazing things that you incorporated their programs into what you're doing? Hundred percent. I mean, I see companies on on all all aspects, right on, on both sides of the spectrum. Uh, there's guys who are just like, dude, I just need a miracle, man. Like we're really struggling, and there's other guys who are like, oh yeah, you know we. We punched out, you know, ten million last year at a twenty percent net profit, and I'm like, dude, that's amazing, um, you know. But the average, the average net profit in this business, because most shops are run by like three to five man guys, right? So, or three to five man shops. So, when you look at that, the average profit, and it was in a 
this was in an article, I don't, can't remember where it was, but it was like the average HVAC company net profit is like two to three percent, which is ridiculous. I mean, you're, you're scraping by, man. Um, and they don't realize, you know, that they could change a few things in their business and, and make more money and be more profitable and ultimately live a better life, you know, but look at these kind of older gentlemen who've been in this in the business for a long time and they've been running these companies for 30 or 40 years and they're still a little two or three man shop and they don't know how to grow uh, a lot of times it's because they they've kind of unconsciously made that choice not to by not continuing to learn and educate themselves on what it takes to successfully run a successful business well there's a lot of companies out there that have grown have become multi multi Technician shops, 10, 12, 15, 20 techs. And then the, the, the overhead and the costs are so much to run a business that they actually decide for themselves they're going to go back to being a small shop. Like, I made more money being three-man shop than I did at 20-man shop. Sure. I think, uh, you know, most businesses will just gradually grow but kind of by themselves just because of name recognition you start to grow in the marketplace and you just oh hey I've seen that truck before I recognize that name um, but you know being running a successful company is it doesn't happen by accident right I mean it's a very it's a very strategic thing it's planned it's plotted it's calculated um, you know it, it's just it's something that you have to you have to do intentionally. It's not going to just like unravel itself. And I think you live in a world today where everything is just expected. Everything is just, oh, well, it's just going to, it's just going to happen. It's just going to unfold and just be this way. It doesn't work that way. Um, it's a lot of hard work, a lot of long hours, you know, mm-hmm. as a business owner, you're working 60, 80, 90 hours a week, mm-hmm. uh, for yourself simply for the fact that you don't want to work for somebody else. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's the entrepreneurial spirit, right? Right. So you're, you're cruising down this positive spirit. You're changing the way that you're doing business. And if I go too fast, like on a timeline, let me know. You reevaluate and reinvent yourself to where your company is doing really well. Um, and then along comes this thing called social media and you got yourself involved in it was HVAC tactical always there or were you because I don't even know this were you doing something different besides tactical and then it merged it it morphed into the tactical no I mean I've always had my hands in a lot of different things and that's probably part of my problem I'm so I'm, I'm spread pretty thin. Um, even my wife asks me all the time, I don't even know how you do it, you know. But, um, you know, balancing, the, you know, business life with family life and then, you know, the tactical life and, you know, the traveling and the, the sales training life. I mean, it, there's a lot that goes on. But um, for, for me, it was, you know, I was a heavy Facebook user. And then for a, a while there, I just kind of stepped away from social media altogether and, um, you know, I knew what Instagram was, and my wife was all over Instagram, and I was like, ah, I'm not interested in no Instagram or whatever. I guess one day, I just kind of signed up and started, like, tinkering around and, and started seeing that there was a ton of traction uh, on the HAC side on Instagram. You know, that's why I eventually found you and, and uh, found HVC Know-It-All. And, um, 
So we just kind of, kind of looking at all that stuff, and in the back of my mind, I was thinking, man, you know what the trade needs? Is the trade just needs something that's just cool, something that they could wear, something that they could flash around on just their day off, or even go work in it or whatever, just have something that they could represent what they do so passionately and so proudly for a living. Uh, without wearing something that was brand related, like, you know, to, you know, the, the Lennox or the train or the carrier or Honeywell or something like that. And so, uh, we just kind of pondered on that for a long time. And I said, well, if I was going to do something like that, this is what it would look like. And we just started kind of, you know, making sketches and making like plans. And, and then, um, you know, something, I just kind of held off on this for about a year, uh, just really just sitting there, sitting there. One day I was just like, Something in my gut was telling me, you need to do this. You need to make this happen. You need to, you just need to throttle it forward. And I, and, and really, man, I was scared because I, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of failure. You know, nobody wants to fail. And the last thing I wanted to do was bring something to the trade that people were going to be like laughing at or rejecting and be like, this is the stupidest thing ever. But something in my gut was just telling me to do it. And so, um, kind of just took everything that we kind of sketched out and planned from a year from a year ago and, you know, just said, let's do it. And we launched it in uh, October of 18. And um, we never looked back, man. It was, it's been pretty awesome. You know, got to meet you and got to meet, you know, the Soderwell boys. And, um, you know, I mean, we've met all kinds of people in this trade and the brand has just exploded. And it's just been such an amazing journey because I never thought that the industry would embrace it the way that they are. But the, the brand is different because, and we'll talk more about the brand. How does the brand has the, well, I'm going to go back. Has the brand helped you in the business side? Like do people say, Oh, you, you, um, I can see why you're doing HVAC tactical because it, it shows up in your everyday life. Like, do you carry over? Cause you're, you're almost creating a mindset. I mean, that's a weird way of saying it, but you're creating a mindset to where HVAC tactical is detailed. It's being precise. It's being correct. It's doing the job right. Has it changed the way you do business? Well, I mean, we incorporated the whole, the whole purpose of calling it HVAC tactical was because that's the way that I think. I'm very tactically minded. So I look at something and I go, how are we going to tackle this? And I try to think it through before we even start. And, you know, kind of seeing the end before you even begin. Um, and so when we started HVAC Tactical, we get people all the time. They're like, tactical? There's nothing tactical on this page. You know, like, where's all the guns and the vests and everything? I'm like, yeah, you're, you're not even on the same level, dude. You're not thinking of it the way that we're trying to show it to you. But Tactical is a mindset, and that's really the slogan of what we're doing. It's it's a mindset, um, and it's you know again seeing the end before you begin. So, so yes, the the brand itself that's what it represents. That's what it stands for. It stands for precision. It stands for passion. It stands for for just doing things the way that they're supposed to be done, um, and just being great at your job. You know, being just taking that that whole mindset to a different level. Um, and I definitely incorporate that into my everyday life and my everyday business. And I think having that is, has definitely been one of the key factors of what's helped me kind of achieve that next level of where I am in my career. Um, you know, and I don't claim to know it all. I don't claim to, to be absolute best at what there is, but I think I'm pretty good at what I do. Um, and there's always room for improvement, so I'm always learning. When the brand came out, 
a lot of people, well, not a lot, a few people thought, like you said, that the tactical part was military and it was guns. And somebody even said when the brand came out that the logo looks like a 9mm Glock. Has there been, that was about maybe a year and a half ago. Uh, has there been negative things about the brand? Have people said that it's stupid or I don't get it? Um, have there been negative things about the brand? Uh, surprisingly, there really has been. Um, I'm just looking at the logo now, trying to see where that 9mm Glock is. Uh, I'm just not seeing it. Um, surprisingly, there's been really nobody like making fun of the brand or saying that's stupid i mean we've obviously had you know the older generation they don't understand what we're trying to do um you know and, and that's okay it's not for them um you know the younger generation seems to understand it a little bit more um but you know if your mindset is not where you need it to be to start thinking different and start doing the job the right way i mean if your mindset is just like hey you can't see it from my house and, you know, I don't care. I'm just here for a paycheck. This brand is not for you. And I'll just straight up about that. I'll be straight up and bold about that. The brand doesn't represent clothing. The brand represents a mindset, a way of doing things, a way of thinking. Um, and if you're not, if you're not trying to achieve that level of, of not so much success, but that level of just, the pursuit of perfection in your career, that pursuit of, I want to be the best at what I do, being passionate about the trade, this this product is for you if that's you. Uh, if, you're, if that's not you, then this is not, the brand is not for you. Well, and I'll be honest, the you came out, when did you come to Phoenix? Two years ago? I think it's been two years ago. Yeah, Maybe. it was probably like November or December of... I think it was right. Be- yeah, it was right before AHR 2019. I think you came yeah. out. We did an Instagram live, and I'll be honest. As a boomer, um, a lot of older guys don't get it. We because you know what? It's it's like you said. It's a mindset, and older guys in the boomer generation they look at things differently like all generations do you'll look when you're my age you're going to look at what the younger generation is doing and be like i don't get it and i remember we did the podcast and or the instagram live and i think somewhere along the line i actually said yeah i don't see it and you looked at me like mm. like mm. he doesn't get it you know we just did this podcast and he doesn't get it like what the heck and it made me watch your face going, man, this guy is so passionate about it. I got to figure out why is he passionate about it. And I, I think it was when we went to, when we went to dinner in Atlanta and, um, and there was a, you know, there was four of us at the dinner table. Like it started clicking because I met your dad. Like your dad is the one that sets the tone. Can you talk a little bit about your dad? My dad's pretty reserved, man. Um, he's just pretty laid back. He doesn't really say a lot um, until you get kind of get him going. But, yeah, my dad, obviously, you know, I learned to trade from my dad. Uh, my dad had a business when I was growing up. And, um, yeah, I mean, uh, my dad's a great guy. There's no doubt about it. Um, but, uh, you know, my, my dad is – my dad has a hard time getting – 
the tactical thing sometimes. Um, you know, like I'll show him, hey, this is a new product that I'm rolling out. This and that. He's like, oh, that's cool. Like there's, there's, he doesn't show a lot of excitement. You know, he just kind of like brushes it off or whatever. But, but I know my dad sees what we're doing and he's, he's really proud of the whole thing and he likes to see the movement and how it's moving forward. But again, he's just really reserved. He just, he's a man of few words for sure. Well, and that's okay because it, you know, I'm the man of too many words. And so between us both, we, we, we do okay. I, but I wanted to make sure because it took me a little bit. It took me a little while. And then I, I, you know, we had dinner and then we saw the show. And then in the last year, we've spoken quite a bit. And then it really starts to make sense about the tactical side. And I think it just, it takes certain generations a little longer. You know, when the. Yeah, well, my, my dad's a likable guy too, so that definitely helps. I've never met a person, not inside or outside of this industry, that has met my dad and said, I don't like that guy. Right. My dad's just a very likable guy. Right. But, I mean, I wasn't, and I wasn't implying that. It was just that, yeah, I think we as boomers, we look at stuff a little differently, you know, and the, my parents looked at stuff differently. Like, my mom is in her uh, early 80s, and she doesn't get it at all. Like, just like, what? What do you, you know, whatever. And my generation looks at me. I mean, I'm 56. Other mid-50-year-olds or 50-year-olds look at what I'm doing on social media, and they're like, we don't get it. And I'm like, I know. I know you don't get it. Um, as the brand moves forward, you've made some changes and I'm going to ask some entrepreneur questions and you let me know. And and some of those are, there's a cost to the brand because a lot of guys, men and women are coming onto social media. They're starting to hit their stride. And the first thing they want is stickers and hats and shirts. And they want to build this and build that. There's a huge cost to that, correct? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, stickers are cheap, but when you start printing them by the thousands, uh, the cost starts adding up pretty fast. Um, you know, and, and you could start, if you're going to do something like this, I mean, you could start with one or two shirts and, and, and just one or two hats. And I mean, it, but we started relatively small just to kind of test the waters to see what was going to happen. But, uh, you know, it just explodes, man. I mean, you know, we're pulling boxes and boxes of shirts uh, and boxes of hats. And, um, you know, people call and ask for, for stickers and stuff. I, I don't want to turn them down, but it's like, man, the cost of stickers just keeps keeps adding up, you know. Uh, but, you know, especially when you start printing different, different uh, like, graphics on different stickers. So it's not just one sticker, right? You get like three or four or five stickers rolling out. So the cost definitely adds up, uh, but uh, it's like any business, right? You just gotta, it takes a little bit to, uh, takes a little bit of money to get rolling. And, and once it does, you kind of hit that momentum and, and we're starting to get that momentum now. Uh, we didn't expect it this fast, uh, but it's definitely happening and we're really happy with it. So my, my best advice for anybody out there trying to do something just don't give up, man. If it's something that you want to do, just keep on trucking. And I've found through personal experience that when things seem like they're at their worst and they can't get any worse, that's usually when things are about to, something good is about to happen and things are about to turn around. But it's all part of that tactical mindset. I mean, here you are talking about branding and shirts and stickers, and you can still hear that tactical mindset, the stick to it, you can do it. You know, it's very positive. 
yeah, I mean, that's really what it's all about. Um, yeah, for me personally, I've had, I had to learn, you know, all this stuff, uh, through other people. Um, yeah, I, I've always struggled with, uh, you know, self-doubt, man, I hope they like this. I hope they do this, but, uh, at, at a certain level, you got to kind of get over that and you got to just say, Hey, look, um, I'm just going to do this for me. I'm going to do this for the industry. I'm going to do this for the trade. And uh, if you don't like what I'm doing, then get out of the way because I'm going to keep on doing it whether you like it or not. And, um, you know, it's a tactical mindset thing. It sounds very cliche, right? You hear this all the time for, like, motivational speakers and stuff. And, you know, it all starts in your mind. If you think you can, then you can. And it it sounds very wishy-washy. It sounds very, you know, all out there. But it couldn't really be any further from the truth. I mean... It is what it is. If you think you can do it, then you can. If you think you can't do it, then you can't. Uh, so whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you are 100% correct. When um, when you go out, do you, well, do you, do you incorporate, I know we talked a little bit, do you, incorpor- you incorporate this in your sales meetings. Do you do any other speaking? Do you do, like you talk to trade schools, do you do any motivational speaking other than with the sales stuff? Um, not really. So I teach two different classes. I teach a three-day selling class, uh, which is referred to as master selling. And then I teach a two-day tech communications class. And uh, both are revolved around really about building relationships, building value, and building trust. Because if you can build those three things uh, when you're with a homeowner or with a client, uh, and it really doesn't matter whether you're an HVAC or not. It's true to any industry and any trade. If you can build those three things, um, then the chances of you being successful with that and, and profitable with that customer is actually really, really good. Um, so I, I, I do those those things there. Uh, again, I teach for the state of Texas. And um, I haven't been asked to talk at any schools. I haven't been asked to speak at any motivational stuff. But it's interesting that you say that because I've always looked at myself as being kind of a motivator and uh, being able to talk and give motivational speeches is something that I would totally be interested in doing if somebody was interested in asking me to come and do something. But, um, yeah, I'm just really good at team building. I'm really good at motivating people. I'm really good at encouraging people to to get over their self-doubt and get them to think, start thinking outside the box. I mean, look, if this if this little old boy from the desert of Arizona can do something, then anybody can do anything. So, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's let's talk a little bit about the trade. Because you do training, you're in the trade. Um, we have a phase out. R22 is being phased out. Um, 410 will be phased out at some point. Do you see a, a, a shift in the trade as far as, because as the boomers, myself, start to retire out, do you see the trade changing? I see it changing for the better, but I also see it changing differently to where there's so much content on social media that we're using social media to train techs and... Is, are you seeing that? Are you seeing people not going to school and not taking classes? Are you seeing the trade changing to where social media and digital marketing or digital media is the place to go for training of techs? 
think we live in a world today where, you know, you're one YouTube video away from becoming the semi-expert at whatever it is you want to do. Um, you know, I'm, I'm personally a very mechanically inclined individual. I can watch a YouTube video and I understand it. I see the importance of doing things in a certain way and I go, I can do that, you know, and uh, I'll go and do whatever I want to do. Uh, and I'm not the only guy that's like that. I mean, there's a whole world full of them. And most HVAC guys are pretty mechanically inclined and they can probably do the same thing. But I feel like there's nothing wrong with going to school for HVAC. Uh, when I get people who ask me, um, I just go, honestly, dude, save the money and go jump in as, you know, as an apprentice or as a, as a, you know, greenhorn or as just a helper on a, for an HVAC company. And just start learning the ropes. Find somebody who's willing to train you and go from there. And you start getting paid to be on the job to learn instead of paying to go to school to learn. Um, some people learn better in a classroom setting. Some people learn in real life better. I would say pick whichever, whichever avenue is going to work better for you. That would be my, that would be my uh, personal advice. Do you see um, the trade changing at all as far as... Um you know, well, as far as the skills gap widening, is the trade, since you are in social media, are we doing enough to market ourselves to fill the skills gap? Are we, because I believe we're not, but that's, and that's a whole nother topic. But from you, are we doing enough to market the trade towards young people? Are we doing enough to market the trade completely as a, as a viable career? We're totally not marketing the trade like we should be. Um, I mean, I again, my my HVAC, my HVAC business here in Austin suffers because it's hard to find good people. All the great people are already snagged up by other companies, and I'm not the guy to go start cherry-picking people from other companies. I'm just not going to do it. Um, so from, I, I see the movement that's on social media right now for HVAC. Just in the last few years, that's been remarkable, just the growth in that. Um, and I think that is going to throttle the next generation or the, the younger generation. It's going to throttle them to, and gravitate them towards the trade. Um, but I feel like it, you know, the people who want to sit in front of a computer or, you know, not sweat for a living, I mean, those guys won't be in the trades. If they do, they'll come and try it and it'll be two days later and they're going to quit. So it definitely takes a different breed of individual somebody who's not afraid of hard work uh, because, well, you've been in this business a long time, Mike. You know that this is not an easy job, right? It's not an easy job, no. but, uh, you know, you said something about the marketing part of it and social media, and, and I'm going to step out of my comfort zone. Even though social media is doing, we, we put out content to talk about the awesomeness and the career of HVAC, it's still not bringing people in. So it's, we have people putting out content that are not even from the trade, but they're on the blue collar bandwagon and it's still not bringing people in. If I was to hire HVAC Tactical or Ben Poole and say, we need to change our marketing skills or, or our marketing, not skills, but marketing to really bring people into the trades what would you do? I'd probably target high schools. That would probably be my first my first venture. Uh, try to create more programs in high schools that actually start teaching HVAC 
as a vocation uh, in the school itself before they're ready to graduate. So that way they come out and they're already, you know, EPA certified. They already have a good foundation of the refrigeration circuit and, and how it works and the theory of refrigeration. Um, and you could, you know, jump into a company vehicle and learn the company's protocols and you're already off to the races and there's no, you know, the training time is at that minimal now. Yeah, because, you know, I, I watch people on social media, oh, blue collar, blue collar, blue collar, blue collar, hashtag blue collar, and they're doing all sorts of stuff, and they're putting out sense of content, you know, generation, this is an article, that's that. But high school students aren't seeing it, and junior high school students, they're not seeing it, you know? It's, yeah, I think like the young, the really young generation is on Twitter right now, and, uh, you know, I have a Twitter account, but it's not don't have a lot of followers on it. It's, I don't know. It's, there's definitely a gap, uh, between, you know, us, me and you, and, and then the following generation behind us. There's definitely some gap there. And, and how you bridge that gap, I mean, there's no, there's no like, hey, this is exactly how it's going to be done. I mean, it's going to take some beta testing, right? It's just going to, hey, we're going to try this. We're going to see how well it works. And if it doesn't work, we'll move on to something else. But, I think targeting the high school is definitely going to be where it's at. But I think a lot of high school students are on a different social media platform um, than, than all of us. Well, I mean, there's other platforms like TikTok and Twitter and YouTube. And even though Facebook is still, you know, it's, it's you know, touted as being, you know, the old people thing. Um, you know, most old grandma and grandpa's on Facebook looking at grandkids' photos. Um, it's still used. I mean, HVAC hub from Gary is, you know, running at 26,000 strong and growing daily. But when you have all of that out there, how do you think tactical HVAC tactical applies to marketing or it does it apply to marketing? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I really haven't thought too much about that. You know, my, my goal, I guess, from the tactical side is to, start recruiting new people into the trade. Uh, the goal was to empower uh, and change the mindset of the people who are in the trade. So, um, because yeah, see, that's a I, great question. It's I actually see it. I actually see it that HVAC tactical, because there are a lot of people, a lot of men and women out there that think like you do um, and have the same mindset that you do at a high school level, and they're looking. They're searching. Sometimes they end up in the military. Sometimes they end up in jobs that they don't really want to do. Or they go to college. So I think there's, you know, I think there's a lot of people that are looking for quality. They're looking for an education. They're looking for, um, you know, uh, opportunities. They're looking for ways to make money. I mean, HVAC Tactical, the tactical mindset is just it's it's perfect for recruiting and developing programs. Cause if you're doing it for train or for sales training, you should, you could even be doing it for, you know, recruiting. Right. Well, uh, as far as the training thing goes, you know, obviously HVC tactical is not the one offering the trainings, uh, you know, done through a separate entity, uh, through a buddy of mine who has a, a training company. Um, but HVC tactical could definitely, open up a type of training platform that would incorporate training for this type of field uh, and in all aspects of the trade, right? From sales to technical to customer but relations I, to management. Right. 
But I wasn't really saying about you creating a training program. My thought was, is that there are a lot of people that come out of high school. I knew exactly where I was going when I got out of high school. I was going to air conditioning school. But there's a lot of people that came out of high school and they're searching and they're like, oh, what is this, this tactical thing? That sounds cool. It's, it looks cool. It's got a great name. I love it. It, you know, and they get into the mindset of it and then it's a natural draw because I, the reason I say that is because social media, like I said, they do all these things about, you know, career, 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 and they talk about it, but they never follow through with it. Like there's never a follow through. There's, it looks great on paper. It's a cool advertising campaign, but it never goes anywhere. And as a trade, we can talk all day long about being a skills gap, but we're not doing anything really, I mean, truly, honestly, down to the ground level to fill that gap. Or am I way Yeah, off? I don't, uh, no, I mean, I think you make a valid point. Um, we definitely are suffering from lack of, of skilled people in the trade, for sure, just lack of people in general. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like, I think the high schools where it's at, you know, like the state of Texas has some programs uh, that are in place where they're starting to move into that teaching the trades in the high schools and stuff like that. And I don't know about, you know, the other states and what they got going on. Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to take a movement, but I think first and foremost, it's going to take the people of the trade, the band together to, to, to figure it out and not just, it's not going to just be one guy. It's going to be like, oh, this is what we need to do. It's going to change the world, you know? Right. So as... So, and until you get everybody in the trade to change the way or their way of thinking and, and know what we need to do, then none of that really happens. So as HVAC Tactical moves into the next decade, you know, can you fill us in on what, what you're thinking, what, what the brand's going to change in the next 10 years, what, what you're hoping to do? Um, you know, right now we don't, we don't have a 10 year plan. Um, you know, we're, we're looking at probably five years, uh, and, and less. That's kind of what we've, we've kind of really focused on. There's so much growth in, in this brand that needs to happen. And we're just trying to push it out strategically and, and not, not get over our head. Um, it's easy to, you know, bite off more than you can chew doing something like this and, and run into massive amounts of debt. And that's just not what we're trying to do. We're trying to grow the brand um, aggressively, but strong. And, um, you know, right now we have uh, one of the vendors here in Austin. We're going to be putting our stuff in their store here probably within the next couple weeks. Um, we have uh, actually just got contacted by the AHR uh, News. Uh, they they were interested in, in the story of the brand. So we're still working on making some contact with them to, to see what they want to schedule with us. Uh, so it's, it's, it's slowly getting to where it needs to be. I mean, we've seen explosive growth with the brand, but, uh, you know, we're just trying to be very strategic about it and trying to bring out things for everyday work, uh, you know, everyday gear. But we're also trying to think of work gear or work apparel. So we've had a lot of people ask us about work pants and work uniforms. And if you know, think about all the HVAC companies across America, that wear uniforms for work. Well, why could we not create a better type of uniform than what they have out there now? You know, so that's stuff that we're working on. But again, it has to be strategic because it can be financially burdening for sure. 
Well, I love the hats. The the hats that go out with the green ones and the stitching, um, they're some of my favorites. I, I wear them a lot. Um, I love the, the sticker. I love the, the design of the logo. It's cool. It, it looks great. Um, I watch the content that you have um, on social media. It's precise. It's direct. It's It's got a clear message. Uh, you know, it's it's fantastic. We got, literally, we're already at 45 minutes. Um, is there anything you want to close out with? Anything you want to leave people that are listening, um, you know, in their car, or their truck, or their headphone, about the brand, about HVAC Tactical? Is there anything you want to leave us with? Yeah, I'll leave you with, uh, you know, anybody listening, is that you control your future. The only person holding you back from achieving whatever it is in life that you want to achieve is yourself. It's your self-doubt. It's your, I hope they, they don't uh, not like me. I, I hope that I don't offend anybody. Um, you have to get over all of that. You have to change the way that you think. You have to think, I'm going to go here, but not only that I'm going to go there, but how am I going to get there? And you start to develop a plan and, and be very strategic about it. So... Being tactical is the mindset. It's it's what you think. And I would just close out with whatever you decide to do for a living as a career, I don't care whether it's in being in this trade, I don't care whether it's being a plumber, electrician, I don't care if it's flipping hamburgers. Be the best hamburger flipper that you can be. Because I promise you that when you do that, somebody's gonna take notice and you won't be flipping hamburgers for long. So be the best that you can be. That's what I'll close out with. It's awesome message, man. I love it. It's great. Um, I love what you're doing. I can't wait to see you next week at, in Orlando. Um, you know, it's just, it's great content. And if you guys, do you have a website? We do. Uh, you can check out all of our gear at HVACTactical.com. Um, HVACTactical.com. Everything that's available is on there. Uh, some of the some stock is running low right now. Uh, we had a lot of stuff that kind of got rushed out for uh, Expo. So uh, we'll hopefully re- restock in here real soon. And, um, yeah, you'll also be able to, on Instagram, uh, check out Ladies of HVAC Tactical. And that's basically, um, you know, the women who stand behind all the all the guys out in the field doing their thing. Um and, you know, there's also women technicians, so don't don't forget that. So that page is, uh, could also be for you as well. But, uh, yeah, be sure to check them out. Check us out at uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, uh, pretty much every social media outlet there is. It's, uh, our handle is HVAC Tactical. Dig it. I love it. I, I'm, I love everything about it. So, guys, um, um, this is it. We came to 47 minutes and went by fast. So, Ben, you probably know already, but again, I close every podcast the same with saying, you know what, please be good humans. There's so much crazy crap all day long that people are doing in the world. Please wrap, you know, your arms around uh, the ones you love. And, uh, uh, you know, if you got somebody out there hurting or maybe they got cancer or they got a medical issue or something going on personal, like don't ignore them. Um, because they definitely need your help, and, and uh, they just want to feel uh, like they're part of the family. So wrap those arms around them and give them some love. And, of course, you know, work safe, be safe, and be good humans. And uh, until next time, we'll talk soon. As always, Ben, thanks a bunch for coming on, 
And remember, uh, remember HGAC Tactical. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye.